Jesus this morning in this place. We give you all the glory and all the honor that you deserve. And Lord, it's our hearts cry in this new year for your kingdom to come and your will be done in our lives as believers and in this church corporately. Jesus, be lifted up and glorified. Everything that we do, everything that we think, everything that we speak, glorify you, Jesus. We honor you this day, and all God's people said, Amen, amen, amen. amen. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. Because God has has a word for you and a word for this church. Amen. Before we do that, I'm going to have the ushers. You need an envelope. We're going to receive Harvest Church's tithes and offerings. Then at the end of the service, we're going to bless Apostle Mike. Amen. Don't forget Wednesday night, what we've done is the first half hour we're going to teach. We're teaching on prayer, and then in the second half hour we're praying. Amen? So we invite you to that. If you were here last night, you heard a good word. And uh, this morning, I, I <laughs> sometimes you just know that you know that you know what God's going to do. And it's a word for us, I believe, right from heaven. And I couldn't ask for someone that I respect more and value a friendship is with Mike Plain. Amen. Stand up, give him a hand. Praise God. You know, uh, you may be seated. Thank you. to times like this and God just messes everything up in a good way. I I said we had a kind of a a meeting with some of the leaders and different things yesterday and I said this and this is a great evidence of it. But in the days in which we are living, for such a time as this, as we just sang, which, thank you, Abe, for all of that. I got that last night, that addition last, last night, as you came up. God gave me those, next, those new lyrics as you came up last night. Thank God for that. Amen. Amen. See, the days that we are living in, the Lord said this to me last year. He said... You've stepped in into, you're stepping into a new era. Stepping into, you're not fully into it yet, but you're entering into a new era. Or he said church services or meetings like this will become more about meetings with Jesus than they are about meetings about Jesus. Amen. Amen. We've gotten so used in our church tradition that our church services are meetings about Jesus. But when I read my Bible, the things that were so transformative in people's lives is when they had a meeting with Jesus. That's right. And so, we're in a different time, right? Amen. Amen. That's right. Life is different, right? Amen. What we're living is different, right? So, what God's endeavoring to do is is not help us Try to catch up. God's trying to position us out front of everything. 
And so because of that, things are going to be different. I use this all the time, you know, it's kind of a quirky little thing. If you always do what you always done, you always get what you always got. You can take that for your own life. If you don't like where I, through the years, you know, I pastored for 25 years. And people come in, I don't like my life. I wish things were different. I hope things are different. I'd like things to be different. And I said, well, they came to you. Want, you want something different? Yeah, well, then you got to do something different. Oh, I don't want to change. See, there's certain things about your life and your spiritual development that you can't outsource to somebody else. you got to take responsibility for it. And so if you want some different things in your life, because we're in a different time, then you got to do some things different. You've got to be willing for things to change. There was a little cartoon thing I saw. It was two different pictures. And one was a preacher up here in the and he goes, how many of you want change? And every hand went up. The second picture was, how many of you want to change? No hands were mine. Humorous, but it was very telling of who we are as people. And the fact of the matter is, whether we like it or not, change is in our midst and it's not going to stop. And actually, change is going to escalate. Okay? So, we need to fix our hearts to be adaptable to what it is that God is doing here for such a time as this. Amen? Amen. Amen. This morning, I was up praying. That's good to do. And I, and I began to... I believe I begin to hear the, the Spirit of God speak to me about things about you guys. And one of the things that he said to me was that I'm bringing them into a season of joy. Amen. It's going to be a long season Amen. of joy. Amen. And the joy will come because of the things that you've longed, you've had in your heart, and that you've longed to see and to experience and to know. And not everything is, a, is about just what you want. It's, a, it's about the things that you've longed for these people that are in you. And you're going to begin to see it. You're going to step into this. And it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be like happy days. Only beyond happy. I received that. It's going to be a deep-seated joy that you're going to be going, gosh, I'm glad we hung in there. Yes. Amen. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't quit. I'm glad we didn't put it on in neutral. I'm glad we stayed fervent. I'm glad we stayed contending in the spirit. I'm glad we stayed aggressive in our walk with the Lord and just making sure that our lives were filled with faith. I'm glad we did what we did because you're going to step into a season. It's going to be so joyful. Amen. Yeah. And I'm going to wait for the phone call. <laughs> yeah. Saying, oh man, I just, I just love, I just love this. And then the second thing that I saw, um, Michael's, I saw you like you were seated in the center of Norfolk on the bishop's chair. You know, bishop's chairs. That's what they call, it's where they get the word cathedral. The bishop's chair was called the cathedral. It was a seat, it was a seat of authority. But what I heard the Lord say is that you're coming into this season to where people, people outside of this church, people in this community are going to come seeking you out because of your wisdom. Amen. Amen. Your wisdom is going to be sought out in the days to come. Because of everything that's going on, and, and people have looked for to this and they've looked to that, but it's not given them the answers. And they said, we need somebody of wisdom. Who is that? And the Lord has marked you as a man of wisdom. And so they're going to come to the bishop of wisdom. You may not even see yourself that way. Maybe you do. I don't know. But that's what I heard the Lord say. He's seated on the bishop's chair in the center of his community. Because you're a man of wisdom. And you pay a price for that. And the Lord never lets that go. 
when we pay that kind of price. It doesn't always come in our time. It comes in His time for such a time as this. Amen? Amen. So you need, these are unique times. I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm 69 years old. I know you don't believe that. Every time I say that, I'm always expecting the crowd to go, oh, no. You don't look a day over 60. Yeah. That's wisdom. Right but I've never lived in a time like this. And, I, and the thing about it is, is I'm excited I'm getting to live in a time like this. Yeah. As challenging as it may be, but I know that God's at work. I know that God's doing something. And I know that God's going to do something fantastic in the days that we're living. And I'm glad that I get to be involved in it. I'm glad that you get to be involved in it. So we, we should not be perplexed about the days that we live in. We should not be woe is me about the days we're living. Shouldn't be about, oh, what's gonna happen next? Mm -hmm. What are you up to, Lord? Yeah. Amen? Amen. Go with me to Colossians chapter two. And um, while you're turning there, last July was out here speaking in Nebraska in a different location. And I um, staying with my pastor friends, and they, they live about eight or ten miles out of town where I was at. And so I was Sunday morning, I was driving from their place into town. I was driving down the road, and I saw this. Can you throw that picture up there for me, Caleb? Pro presenter, I saw that. <laughs> I saw this sign. <laughs> Maybe not too uncommon for Nebraska or Iowa, you know, but still it was, and, and I kind of did what you did. I kind of chuckled, you know, I saw that manure for sale, kind of chuckled. And then the Lord began to speak to me. And he said, that's what the culture has been selling the body of Christ. And he said, the challenge is, is too many of my people have been calling that number. He said, now I want you to deal with this. I want you to address this with the body of Christ. Because he said, this is the spirit of the age has been selling the church. And he said, part of this, and I'll get into this in just a minute. He said, because part of this, what this is, is the influence that the culture has had upon the body of Christ. And it's producing fruits of the spirit of the age rather than fruits of the spirit. Okay. So, I want Nate, I want you to come up here because God gave Nate a dream that ties in with this that maybe really reveals this, the effect of this with some clarity that I think will help you. So Nate, come on up. Uh, I wrote it down so I don't get long-winded. Um, I won't let you get long-winded. <laughs> uh, it says, I had a dream where we as a church were doing some sort of outreach. A lot of women and a couple of men were in the kitchen serving meals to people that we were uh, drawing in. Uh, then a tall, attractive woman in high heels and a green, sparkly dress came in to help. I did not know or recognize this woman. Uh, I turned around to keep working, and then when I looked back, this woman had stripped down to a bikini while still, wear, still wearing her heels. <sighs> this was having a major effect on those serving around her. All right. uh, the women serving started, started to push their chests together, making themselves look more aesthetically pleasing. Or aesthetically, how do you say that? Yeah, that's good. Uh, so then I yelled, we have morals, we have a standard. Do not adopt the world system. And see, that's really what this is about, is that there is this seduction of the world system that too many in the church have been letting it become their influence and in the way that they're seeing things 
and the way that they're living. So what the Lord began to show me is that the fruits of the discipleship of the spirit of the age are anger, anxiety, skepticism, and divisiveness. Anybody ever notice some of that going on? Say that once more, please. Anger. People are angry today. I don't know about here, but people are angry in St. Louis. I mean, the least thing just sets people off. I've seen people just angry, and I'm thinking, that's nothing. And people are angry. Anxiety. Woe is me, you know, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. You know, there's a lot of anxiety. Skepticism. This is one of the things that's attacking the body of Christ or the, or the truth. Let me put it this way. The skepticism that is, is becoming permeated in the church world because people now are really beginning to question yeah. the validity of the scriptures. And we even got preachers preaching this. I was on staff at a church, a word of faith church. I mean, we were seeing at times we fifteen to sixteen hundred people a year coming to Christ. People getting filled with the Spirit. All kinds of things. You know what that church is teaching now? There's no hell. Nobody goes to hell. There's no such thing as hell. It's not scriptural. Everything God loves everyone loves that, and God does love everyone. But God loves what everyone is doing. God loves everyone, but He doesn't love everything that we're doing. It's this skepticism that's beginning to permeate, and it's just. A, I can say it this way because I'm in this room. It's a bunch of crap. Mm -hmm. right. And it's that seductiveness. And divisiveness. Oh my gosh. I've never seen, because of some of the skepticism, some of the things that I've never seen such divisiveness in the body of Christ as today. I mean, one of the biggest adversaries, I think, it's not the secular system, it's not the secular thing, it's not the, you know, political adversity, it's the divisiveness in the body of Christ. And so I'm going I'm to give you the fruits of the Spirit to counter the fruits of the Spirit of the age. These are the things that need to be discipling our life. So, instead of anger, we need to have the fruit of joy. Amen. You know? Because these are the things that will make us, I guess I'll say it this way, these are the things that will make us stand out in a world where there's so much instability and all this anger and anxiety and everything. These are the things, because I'll tell you right now, the world... I said this this weekend several times. While the world is looking for the supernatural, and I'm speaking in general terms when I say this, the world has been looking for, is looking for the supernatural, the church is trying to be more natural. And so we're not attractive. We've lost, we've, we've quickly lost the beauty of Christ. Because the beauty of Christ makes us look different. Okay. So the fruit of joy for anger, the fruit of peace for anxiety. Christ is in us the hope of glory, but he's also the Prince of Peace. If he's really Lord and Savior of our lives, we should be walking with this peace in our life. Colossians 3.15, the Apostle Paul said this, let the peace of Christ dwell in your hearts. Let, let, it's conditional. We have something to do about it. We can either pick up the anxiety of the day or we can walk as people of peace. And people, I'll tell you what, people, that's so attractive to people right now. Just to be there's something different about you. Something different about you. It's not your wavy hair. Something different about you. What is it? There's a peace. A peace of Christ that's on you. Okay?
fruit of faithfulness instead of skepticism. Just being faithful. Being full of faith. Full of confidence. Full of trust in the Lord. Instead of questioning everything. You can ask questions. But that's different from questioning. Right now, what's happening is people are beginning to question the validity of the cross. They're beginning to question whether, you know, there's really forgiveness. They're beginning to question whether there's really any hope for the future. They're beginning to question whether God really even loves me, whether question whether God even exists. We need to be bearing the fruit of faithfulness in our lives. And then the last one is the fruit of kindness for divisiveness. Did you know being nice is fruit of the Spirit? Just being nice? Yeah. It's fruit of the Spirit. Just be nice. Okay? Just be nice. It might be challenging for some of you. But just draw on the Spirit of God. Say, Holy, Holy Spirit, how may be nice? You know? Sometimes it's not easy when you're around a bunch of cantankerous people. And I'm talking about in the church. <laughs> you know, I've said this for years. Is that I've been around some Christians. They can speak in tongues in circles around me. But they are meaner than a sack full of rattlesnakes. <laughs> And I really question whether they're filled with the Spirit. That's good, Mike. Because <laughs> what? They're not nice. That's good. We're living in a day where one of the things, dear Lord, we've gotten here, one of the things that will speak to the culture is us just being nice. That's a great revelation. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Easy to say, not always hard to do. Or sometimes hard to do. I, I told this story before. I, I told it to Greg. I'll, I'll share it to you just for the sake of now. My wife always cringes when I tell this story, but she's not here. So a couple of years ago, I was in Walmart. Anybody work at Walmart? Oh, thank God. <laughs> because this is not an infraction against you if you do anything. Somebody may, and they just want to raise their hand. And so I was in this Walmart, local Walmart, and I was leaving while I was walking through the Walmart parking lot, going to my car, and talking out loud to myself, which is not always uncommon in the Walmart parking lot. And I said, Lord, dear God, I think every moron in St. Charles County is in that Walmart today. That place is filled with, every aisle I walk down, there's morons. And so I walked down and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, you used to be a moron. <laughs> How are you going to argue with that? And he knew he was right. And what he was really dealing with me about was my attitude towards people. And he began to show me through this that we'll see people in one of two perceptions Either it's Genesis 1 people or Genesis 3 people. In Genesis 1, humanity was created in the image and the likeness of God. In Genesis 3, man fell and became a sinner. He says, you'll either see people as, in my image, or you'll see people as just sinners, reprobates. And what I was talking about is I had the wrong view of people. Because what I was doing was just looking at their actions and not looking beyond that to see them and their humanity and to see them through the eyes of God who so loved them that he sent his son into the world yeah. to die, to perish, to suffer for them just like he did me. And so I began to notice that when I would go into Walmart, there'd be the Walmart readers and people would walk right by them give them no, no attention. So what I did, what I do, I still do, is I stop 
and I spend some time with the Walmart readers. Why? Because I never want to lose sight of the dignity of humanity and the people who are created in the image and the likeness of God. I know it might be a simple thing. You may think it's a foolish thing. For me, it was pretty profound. Because if we're not careful, we'll keep calling that number. I had somebody I was speaking, using this in a church, and somebody came up after me, afterwards to me, and said, well, you know, that's good for your garden. I said, yeah, but it's not good for your soul. Might be good for your garden, but it's not good for your soul. And so then the Lord began to speak to me uh, this along with that. He says, it's like we've given the password to the most intimate depths of our heart to the spirit of the age. How many in here have a, an app to their bank account? Julie, got one? Can you give me the password to that? <laughs> no. Why? But Julie, you like me, I think. Rich? You can have mine. That's because Julie has a whole bunch, right? I know how that works. Yeah, you got minds. Doesn't have any money. No, we would think that we, we think that's kind of foolish, right? Give somebody that we really don't know or whatever access to our riches. But that's what we do when we let the spirit, when we let what's going on in the culture begin to be more influential in our life than, than the Word of God or the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It's like we're given the password to the most intimate depths of our life. And so, I implore you, change your password. Don't let the spirit of the age have access to your heart. So Colossians chapter 2, did you find it yet? If you haven't found it by now, we might as well just find it. I want to read this to you, verses 6 through 8. I'm going to read it to you from the um, translation, the Passion Translation. I kind of like how it reads from there. Beginning in verse 6, it says this, In the same way you receive Jesus our Lord and Messiah by faith, Continue your journey in faith. I want to say to you today, continue your journey in faith. Don't let what's happening around us interrupt your journey of faith. Don't let it stagnate your journey of faith. Don't let it stall your, your journey of faith. Continue in your journey of faith. Progressing further into your union with Him. See, this life with Christ is not just being, you know, we, get, we receive Christ and, you know, He comes into our life and, and then that's it. No, it's a continuous journey through our lives. There is a deepening, a depth that we're intending to go further into, a greater knowledge of. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened. The hope of your calling and the riches of your inheritance, that's a lifetime process. It's not an event. Too many times in the body of Christ we try to live off of events rather than the daily disciplines and the daily progressions that we have with this life and interaction with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So he says, progressing further into your union with Him. I hope that next year, one is I get invited back. Two, <laughs> is that when I come back next year, you will be more mature in your spiritual lives and in your faith and in your relationship with Jesus. Amen. That you will not be the same as you are today. Dear God, I don't want to be the same as I am today. Amen. You know, I heard this years ago, you know, people say, oh, you've changed. What they're really saying is, you've grown, you've matured, 
I have. I love when people say, there's something different, you've changed. You're not the same. You're right, I'm not. And hopefully when you meet me six months from now, you'll say, you've really changed. I say, you've gotten weirder. But see, our, our life, this journey, this walk with Christ is to be developing, growing, greater depth, greater heights in this. Yes, the Apostle Paul said, oh, that I may know him. What was that? That's active. It's an ongoing, active life of knowing, growing. This is what keeps us from buying that. Okay? Progressing further in union with him. Your spiritual roots go deeply into his life as you are continually infused with strength, encouraged in every way. When I read that, I thought, this is, this is what, you know, with people that living in today that are full of anxiety and all these other things, it's telling me that their, their roots are shallow. Because it said if your roots are deepened, there's a strength within you, and you're living with encouragement in your life. That's why I say, well, this may be, you know, the best of times, the worst of times, but dear Lord, I'm, I'm looking for some great things to happen in the days we're living in. Yeah, we got challenge, so what? I got deep roots. I got deep roots. I don't, the winds may blow, the storms may come. We said about that, but guess what? I'm not concerned about that. Why? I got deep roots. Do you have deep roots in your life? Then you don't have to be Worried about being overcome. You don't have to worry about being blown over or blown this way or blown that way. It's not the force of the gale, but it's how you set your sail that determines the destinations in your life. That's the same quote. Not mine. Wish it was mine. So I heard that years ago and I was, I was out when I was pastoring in Yankton. I was out on the lake with some friends of mine in their boat, and this sailboat went by us, and he was sailing basically contrary to the wind. And I asked my friend, I said, how are they doing that? And he said, look how their sails are set. And when he said that, that's a quote came to me. Because he said what they'll do is they'll set their sails, and they'll bring the wind that's contrary into that back sail, and that back sail's pushing them back this way. And so he says, watch, they'll zigzag against the wind. Maybe some of you in here, you need to be doing some zigzagging. Or maybe, maybe you need to evaluate how you got your sails set. Because the winds are blowing contrary. Amen. Okay? But that doesn't mean that we have to quit our mission. That doesn't mean that our mission gets interrupted. And that's the whole intention of what the devil is doing today in the land. Because you've got to understand who's behind all this crap. Sorry. Can I use that one? Oh, definitely. Good. definitely. <laughs> because see, he's the one that's really producing the wind. Because what's he trying to do? He's trying to disrupt the body of Christ from the great mission that we are on. That's right. And we cannot let our mission be interrupted, thwarted, stopped, stagnated. And get distracted by all this other stuff over here. And that's the reason that we get frustrated. Why? It's because we've left our mission. The holy calling, the holy purpose that we have in our lives. That's the reason really we get frustrated. Not because of stuff going around. It's because our, our lives are out of the order of God. God's a God of order. Out of, our lives get distracted or out of rhythm, maybe is a better way to put it. Because there's a holy rhythm for our lives, there's a holy prophetic rhythm for our lives. For the days that we are in. He said, for you are established in the faith you have absorbed and enriched by your devotion to him. See, there is a, there is a faith that we are to absorb and a faith that we are to enrich, and it comes through devotion. 
It comes through your faithfulness. The question is not, is God faithful? The question is, are we faithful? Are we faithful? Listen to this. Beware that no one distracts you or intimidates or intimidates you in their attempt to lead you away from the fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom when they fill when they're filled with endless arguments of human logic. Oh my gosh. If that isn't today, I don't know what it is. For they operate with humanistic and clouded judgments based on the mindset of this world system and not the anointed truths of the anointed one. The anointed truths of the anointed one. See, when we take into our lives the anointed truth, guess what happens? There's anointing on the word of God. Amen. There's an anointing that destroys the yoke of the enemy. When we take the truths of God, there's an anointing on them. Guess what? That's where the anointing comes from. That's portion in our lives is how we walk with the anointing or the endowment or the super endowment of the Lord. The supernatural of the Lord on us is when we take the word of God, the truths of God's word, and then hear them into our lives. Then there's a release of the anointing that's on the word into our lives. And that's how we were able to walk in a strength and an ability in the day that most people are wearied and most people are exhausted. But we walk with a vitality in our lives. Okay? See, the devil has deceived much of humanity, and even a good segment of Christians, through indifference and complacency into thinking that we can move through our lives without thought or need for God, since the modern world and Amazon will deliver all of our needs. a level of fulfillment until we are supplied from a source that's outside of us. And so we can't just rely on ourselves. See, Paul's writing this letter, it's one of his prison letters, but Paul's writing this letter to Colossae, actually to the region who's actually um, couple of other churches that this letter went to. Um, but in this time that Paul's writing this letter, the religious culture, the Judaizers were saying this, Jesus is good, it's just, he's just not good enough. That's why you got to come back to the law. 
the law, the law, the law. And, and in a sense, that's what our culture is doing. They say, Jesus is good, but he's just not enough, is he? Just not enough, is he? Getting you, getting people to question. Not ask questions, but question. Is God enough? Because there's some things going on in my life that just seems like God's not enough. See how the devil begins to with begins to sell you. Okay. Change your password. Quit calling. change your password. And you need to begin to say, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. When, when, I got, when I'm sensing that some of the things in the world, that the, 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 the spirit of the age, and some of my thoughts, and some things are coming, I'll stop and I will say this, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to receive what God's already paid for in my life. Okay? So Romans 15, 4. <clears throat> like what time you want me to be done? When you're done. No, I don't want to be. What time are you usually done? Kathy, what time do you Kathy, what time do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Kathy will tell me. She'll say, well, you're just about there. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. It says this, whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us in how to live. Isn't that interesting? The scriptures will teach us how to live. Francis Schaeffer years ago wrote a book that said, How Shall We Then Live? If we go to the scriptures, it will teach us how to live. Okay? Scriptures impart to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. Amen. If ever there's a day that we need to be encouraged and inspired and, and have hope infused in us, and have endurance in our life is today. And we get that from the scriptures. That's why we as preachers are constantly encouraging you to get into the Word of God, get into the Bible, read your Bible. Why? Because we work on commission. <laughs> when I get to heaven, Jesus is going to say, Well, you did pretty good, you know. You hit about 80% of your quota. No. This is the this scripture here is the reason, the very reason, this is the hallmark scripture for why we are continually encouraging you to be in the scriptures. Why? So that you may be imparted with encouragement and inspiration, so that you can live in hope and endure all things. You ever heard of an extremophile? Anybody ever heard of an extremophile? They are these species that have been discovered that not only live, but they thrive in the most adverse conditions in our environment. So as we develop technology and we are exploring the depths of the ocean at places that we've never been able to see before, okay, did you know that our oceans are less explored than our universe? That's right. But now we were exploring the depths of the oceans at places where oceanographers and scientists and all those smart people were convinced nothing could exist. You know what they're finding? They're finding species that are not only living, but they are multiplying. In the most adverse conditions, the pressure, the temperatures, everything. But they're, they're, these species, there's life there. Some of the most arid deserts where it never rains. Never. Everybody say never. Never, never rains. Not like, oh, we get, you know, 
maybe 10 inches of rain during this season for this year. No, these are deserts where it never rains. They're finding species that are living, uh, multiplying, and thriving. There's another species that they found that lives on the edge of volcanic lava. The most extreme heat. But this species is living and multiplying and thriving. They're called extremophiles. And when I was reading about that, it was right along about the time I was reading the scripture out of Romans, I'm like, I want to be an extremophile. That's who I want to be. No matter what, what happens in the world, no matter what, what the culture throws at us, no matter what, what are, you know, what's going on, whether it's you know, political, economic, you know, whatever, it's social, you know, socioeconomic, whatever it is, I want to be, I want to not only live, but I want to thrive and multiply. Amen. Amen. I want to be an extreme of life. That's why I want to live. And you know how I do that? From this scripture, it says, if we are inspired by the scriptures, if we are being equipped with the scriptures, if we are being encouraged with the scriptures, then it builds this endurance within us that come what may, what we thrive, we progress, we grow, we get stronger. You know, my background was in the power line industry. I was a lineman for 18 years or so. And kind of in the latter part, maybe the last 10, 12 years, you know, because we're working with energized lines. Anybody in the, that line of business? Yeah. So we're working energized lines and everything. So years ago, and way back in the 70s, you know, everything was steel cable on our boom trucks and everything. Well, that's like a live conductor, you know? So they developed this, what they call box braid rope. It's a nylon rope, it's non-conductive. So you can have your winch line up in amongst energized power lines, lifting stuff up and not have to be worried about that. Somebody on the ground is gonna get zapped because they were pulling on to something. So it's this box braid rope. Anybody know what box braid rope? We've with that. So what box braid rope is, it's like a bunch of tiny nylon ropes that's interwoven within each other. It's about this big around, depending on now here's a unique characteristic of box braid rope. To a degree, the more tension you put on it, the stronger it gets. That's what the scriptures say. We need to be like box braided rope. The more tension that comes our way, what? We get stronger. That's what Christ does in our life. When the world begins to throw its manure at us, when the things of our culture that, that get projected every day, 24-7 upon social media, media, whatever, happens is when we're anchored in the truth, we just get stronger. We just get stronger. Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen to this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. It says this. For then you will be seen, this is what, listen to this. For then you will be seen as innocent, faultless, and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture, for you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe. Wow. See, that's why I said today that the thing about is the reason that we shouldn't be pursuing to be relevant because relevance takes away our shining light and we look just like the rest of the culture. There should be something unique, distinct that the Bible says about us. But that's that shining light. Beacons of hope is the, I think it's the phrase that's used. And so that's what I want to encourage you today. And, and lastly, I want to share this with you. I'll share these two things with you. I, I believe we've stepped into a divine time that the Spirit of God 
that's calling us into the deep end of the pool. What do I mean by that? We've been in the pool. We've been in the pool. We're all believers, you know, coming to Christ, all that. But we've been in the shallow end. See, in the shallow end, you can still trust too much on your own. You can still kind of control things on your own. But when we come into the deep end of the pool, then there's this total reliance on the Lord. And that's what God is calling us today. Is that we come into a deeper measure of our reliance upon Him, relying on Him for what it is we need every day, for the things. So we're not walking around seeing people as morons. We come into the deep end of the pool. But we begin to have this assurance and this confidence that God's for me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Who or what can be against me? See, back in Colossians 2, this is what Paul was talking about when he said, progressing further into your union with him. This is what? Coming into the deep end of the pool. Okay? The other thing is, a sense what God has for us in these days are things that are not going to be taught, but they're going to be discovered in the deep end of the secret place. Some of the things that you need in your life, nobody's going to teach you but the Spirit of God as you are in the presence of God. God will speak volumes of truth and revelation to your heart that will so fix, so fix you. There are things that I'm living from today that the Lord spoke to me 40-some years ago because they were that deep of revelation about Him. Okay? I, I said this last night. One of the greatest places of maturity is in adversity. Challenges is where we grow the most. So if nothing else, look at the days that you're living in as this is a great growth opportunity. May not be comfortable, but make a decision that you're going to grow. Dear Lord, if I'm going to go through this, I'm going to get something out of it. Amen. Amen. I'm not just going to go through this and have to bear all the whatever. I'm going to I'm going to grow through this. I'm going to get something from this. That's right. That's not just for me. I'm going to get something so that I can help other people. Okay. Now here really is the last thing. I promise. Maybe. You will fight your fights from the way you live your life. From where you live your life is really where you will fight your fights. So if you live from the place of his presence, you live from the place of prayer, you live the place from the place of his truth. If you live from the place of worship, if you live from the place of his wisdom, those will be the places where you will fight your fights. So today, and the challenges that we are faced, because of the times that we are living in, we will either fight this fight from those places or we'll fight our fights from the places that that sold us. And guess what? With that, we lose. So that when I hear things or read things, and they're saying, oh, woe is me, and all this, but I go back to what, what's, his, what, what's his promise? No, that's what I'm going to believe. Or when the world is trying to project this fear and anxiety and everything, let's get into the place of worship and just, oh, I mean, this morning, I stayed thinking, oh, you guys, thank you. Presence of God. I don't know if there's any richer place to be. Just in the presence of God. And not only personally we do, but I love when we corporately just come into the presence of God together. Try it. Amen. So powerful. So powerful. It's in those places that God will equip you. Amen. Stand with me. If you stand all quick. Lord, thank you. Thank you for 
being for us, first of all. I just, that's something that will never leave me. Thank you for being for us. It seems so simple, but yet it is so powerful that the creator of all is for us. You have desires for our lives. You have plans and purposes. And sometimes, Lord, I think we say we talk about those things, but they almost become a cliche rather than a revelation that radically sets the sail of our lives. I, I thank you for what you are doing here at Harvest Church and in the lives of the people here, Lord. I thank you for some that their sails are being reset. For some, the, their sails are just they're being tightened down because of the winds that are blowing. But, but Lord, I, I thank you that we don't need to be a people of fear or anxiety or anger or skepticism or divisive because we have the truth, because we have the Spirit of God leading in us in and in these days we draw to that we fight the good fight and we become bearers of the goodness of God and it's the goodness of God that leads all men under repentance and so I thank you that that's on on this church the goodness of God is on this church God your goodness is in this church but it's on the people of this church. Amen. Release it in a greater measure. Yes. It's the goodness of God that just becomes so attractive, so drawing in the lives of the people in this church. I thank you for the days of joy that they're stepping into the past Mike and Kathy are stepping in. I thank you just for the days of joy. Lord, I thank you that it exceeds their expectation. That it puts a, a holy awe within their lives. Because that's the way you do things. When you move in our midst, it's just, it's just this holy awe in our lives. It's like, whoa, God, my God. That that's the days that we're living in. And Lord, our, our declaration is this. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Amen. I'm not buying what the spirit of the age is trying to sell. Your word says to buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom, instruction, and understanding. That's what I'm going to purchase with my life, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. How many have ever been to a chiropractor? Raise your hand. Why do you go to a chiropractor? Get adjusted. There's been an adjustment adjustment here spiritually today. Amen. What's that beep? Oh, okay. There's been an adjustment in you and I. In our heart, in our thinking, in our attitudes. Because I think the same way and have thought the same way when I walk out of Walmart. <laughs> Father we, we love you we honor you and we're so grateful Lord for the variety of gifts the fivefold ministry that's in your body we're so grateful for the gift that you sent us this weekend to give us that spiritual adjustment And we want to keep adjusted in the days ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So Lord, we consecrate this time together. And we will be doers of your word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We want to bless the man of God. Tim, you can sit down and... and uh,
you need an envelope for your giving, you can make your check to Harvest Church. We give our guests every penny. In fact, many times we give them more than's received here just to be a giving church. We're blessed people. We're a blessed church. God meets this church's need. Amen. I'm so glad that you made this morning a priority. Try to do that every week. Amen. Amen. Make coming together corporately as a church family. Make it vital, a vital part of your life. Especially in today's. Especially today's times, yeah. You don't have to, you know, like the preacher. But you have to love him. Amen? You're not always going to like what you hear behind the pulpit, but it's what keeps our fat out of the fire. Yeah. Anything else I need to... I, I always... Try to be sensitive. Does anyone need healing for your body? If you're sick in your body, we never like to have you leave without praying for you. I know we did last night. There was an anointing here last night. Amen. Anything else? Well, tell your person next to you, I love you. Amen. Have a blessed week. God bless you.